This week's episode is brought to you by Colt 45 and Bananas, Breakfast of Champions. Hey, what's going on? This is Tay, the former co-host of Keep It Basement with the Sweens. I see the boy Sweens done blew up without me. You are tuned in to Keep It Basement and Keep It Locked here. Yeah. More fire. Come on, man. I'm too Hollywood for this podcast. Yeah, I heard you tried to get bitches to the crib. That didn't work, obviously. And then your bum-ass intern, very unreliable and unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> Pop culture. I feel like I'm part of the hip hop culture, but I don't know where I stand, and I feel weird about it. He's like you should. Like I'm like marginal. All right, Sweeney. I'm gonna see you later. Stay black. That's not so bad. There we have it, folks. Keep it, keep it, basement podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory, like Oprah's Bugatti. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Keep Basement Podcast. We are back, baby, after the holidays. I hope everyone had a terrific Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and Happy Festivus. New Year. Festivus for the rest of us. And any other any other festivities that you guys took part of. You know, you took your girl to the tree because you're a pussy, or you went ice skating. Or well, I've you, seen a lot of that. Man, that's you know. so basic. If you're from New Jersey, you take your girl to New York. <laughs> I tweeted, I tweeted, if you go to the if you go to the tree in Rockefeller Center with your girl, you might as well just tuck your dick back. And my <laughs> uncle saw it and he went with his wife, but he also went with his kids. So I was like, that's not that bad. And he made it, and he got mad at me. Where do you bring the side chicks at? Where do oh, you go God. out with them? Uh, <laughs> what do people do for that? I yeah, I don't think you can be bringing side chicks to the Rockefeller tree. You're you're too likely to run into someone you know. And um, I went up to Boston the weekend after Christmas, and no one cares. Fuck you. They have like their own Central Park, like it's called Boston Gardens, and there was an ice skating rink in there, and there were so many Smokies with their men, and I was just like, 
he's cheating on you, he's cheating Shout on you, she's town, cheating ben on Affleck. you, she's cheating on you. Yeah, I was looking for all, all the scenes where they shot the town. And Ma- made Walker. my day. One time I was working uh, in CBS in New York City in Little Italy, and I walked into, like, it was a Little Italy radio thing going on where it was, like, all Yankee players, Mike Frances, like, this whole thing, the block was closed in Little Italy. Walked into this, like, Italian coffee shop, and I'm like, excuse me, do you have a bathroom? And it's, like, all the Italian lady was like, I thought I was serving, I thought I was serving Ben Affleck. I'm like, what? She's like, you look like Ben Affleck. You're a cute guy. I can I'm see like, it. Thanks. And then, this is when I was younger and was probably better looking with mm-hmm. less circles under my eyes. And I was like, thank you. It was like the most random thing in my life. It was I can see that a little bit. She gave me like a biscuit and like food. <laughs> and she like liked me. She's like, you're, you're, you're a good looking guy. You're a good kid. Yeah, I can see that in Goodwill Hunting because he's about the same age as you in Goodwill Hunting. And he has the same, this you have the like same shaped head. The town. This is like when the town was popping. Yeah, up. 2010. Yeah, no, nah, it was a little. It was like 2015, but she the town, like the town, and Goodwill Hunting are the only Ben Affleck movies I can tolerate. So that's why I was into both of those movies. Um, shout out to all the celebrities getting uh, plastic surgery too, who are men. Yeah, shout out to, to shout out to that um, fake abs and shit. Jesus. But we are back and ready for action. Yeah, everyone says New Year, New Me, New Goals, whatever bullshit. Shut your mouth. Keep doing what you were doing. Just do it better and do it nah, more. Don't listen to them. And Hustle, baby. 2020 is an even year, so you know I'm, I'm sensing some good vibes. I think positive things are going to happen, except for now that we just killed this Iraq guy, we might be screwed. But yeah, other than that, to blow up, and then we're going to get blow up. Cuban <laughs> Basin's going to like make it, and with, then Trump's going to fuck them and get nuked. With our luck, we blow up, what and then we, we get only killed survive? the next day. What if we have a podcast and we just survive down here? <laughs> we're like, we'll have no listeners. Like, like, what are we dead? We're in the bunker. We'll have no listeners. No, but that'd be great. Then we reproduce, have kids, and we'll be the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> the only podcast ever. But um, we just want to thank you for the continued support. We already have guests slotted for the month and Bro. and stuff coming. And, you know, we have, we're have we going to keep rolling. All podcast clips will be filmed now. We'll have clips. It will be out on Instagram. you got to stay tuned to the Instagram. Hang on. Luigi's Pizza. Half a chicken parm and pepperoni. I can't wait to go to the eye doctor after this and hearing doctor. I'm going to the eye doctor Wednesday. I'm going to be blind and deaf. I'm going to the eye doctor Wednesday. Not good. Um... So, yeah, so we got a lot of shit coming, <laughs> continued success, you know, more than just a podcast. Check out our shit. We always say it. Check out our interviews, Mike's interviews, old inter- some old stuff. We, we just started putting out Schultz clips. That's from over a year ago. Bro, we got a monthly content plan. In the midst of his blow-up is when that, that's old. People don't realize it. You know, we're going to be interviewing more comedians coming up. Shout-out to Stress Factory. Uh, Shout-out to the Stress Factory. Shout-out to all the comedians. We love you all. And Keep it basement. Keep telling your <laughs> friends. Keep telling your day ones. Keep telling your girlfriends, your side pieces, all the awkward people you see at Christmas who you don't want to really talk to your family. Oh, Can we ask about flashlights? Oh, yeah. Christmas Christmas was great this year. My cousin Kevin, shout-out to him. Oh, yeah, because he caught me filming. You know, you know, I was trying to make get some funny videos and shit. Oh, he's going to pull this on Keep It Basement. I'm just like, yeah, shut I, up. I film people when they start talking about Keep It Basement. I put them jo- on. Oh, me it. too. I did it too all the time. I had my whole... I was at my aunt's house for Christmas Eve. They were all... My dad's showing everyone our website. He, he Everyone's just roasting me. Like They got a kid. I made my oh, uncle... Dad. I made my, uh, my uncle's brother-in-law die hysterically. He saw... The, my dad's showing him the website, the, and he sees the intern part. Yeah. He's like, "You guys have an intern?" He's like, "I don't get it. Is the intern a paid position? Like, fuck, like, jo- like making fun of us?" And I'm just like, and, "I'm just like, it's just funny." We just call him the intern. According to him, he's freelance. My family Shout out members, to Sam. My, but one, someone how my, was how was the Sweeney? Classic Christmas Sweeney. All you keep a basement listeners always know if you need somewhere to go for Christmas Eve, you come to the basement. Okay, because there's a giant party happening. If you're a straggler, <laughs> you got no friends to, or family like to, Mike Sangrilla. You got nowhere to go. <laughs> or divorce, just come to the basement. <laughs> or if you're divorced, good call. 
come to uh, uh, how is party. Christmas? Wait, hold Christmas on. Eve, What's great Christmas is Eve. I didn't know that Joe Sweeney literally sent my videos to everyone there in like in existence. <laughs> I didn't know you know how to work technology, but I think he sent it to all his contacts. <laughs> so at this party, everyone was asking for my autograph and laughing about the porn stuff and asking me if I knew them and if they could help them out and like other shit. It was just really weird and funny. Though. It sucks because even though they're friends in your family, I'll say it right here. I don't give a shit. They're making fun of you in all, in all essentials. Cool. I, I think a lot of day ones and friends and family. No, unless, no, no. Like unless the they're really close. Well, the, no, I'm not saying they don't like it, but no, I'm saying they don't not, think you no, can do anything with it. No, no. The the one dude who was talking to me, the guy who knows people in entertainment, mm-hmm. he was saying that literally they're great interviews. Like I'm not tuning my own heart, but they're great interviews, and like it's really good. And he's thinking that I could do more and involve into like interviewing anybody. That's not why just, you got to spread the word about the Mike stuff. Sweeney's interviewing skills. Not just skills. the porn stuff because it can be looked at in a negative light in some at, at instances, but he said the way I ask the questions with the comedy is very unique and raw and authentic, and the questions are very relatable and personable to people. And he likes no, it. you're better than a lot of the interviewers because Lord knows we have some, some guys trying to make a stance here like they're the greatest ever. Relax, Joe Budden. Um, so, you know... That definitely. That's why you guys have to spread the words on Mike Sweeney's interviews and keep people it based on YouTube. People came up to me at Exotica. I didn't even, did I even say that. Remember uh, those couple dudes? Yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like I said. Like I don't, I don't want to be labeled as a porn guy. I don't really care. Like I'm labeled like that, but I just want to do more than that. Like I want to interview Joe Bunn. I want to interview Charlamagne. I want to interview Chris Rock. I want to interview like the top people ever, the top dogs, even local people that I like and fuck with. Anyone I fuck with, it's not just me interviewing porn stars, but like. That gets the most traction because I'm pl- I'm playing the game because people are going online and looking and be like, okay, he's interviewing this porn star. This kid's funny. I'm a follow his stuff now. So I'm just putting my stuff out there, my platform everywhere I want and who in the audiences. And it's also got me fleshlight and promescent. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm playing the game. I'm doing what I need to do. And I'm interviewing people and I'm just learning the craft. I'm learning the game. Is what And like, you know, that's what it is. You should do a Christmas Eve at Sweeney's documentary next year. Some people aren't liking the camera. Like, just because they fuck with it or make fun of it, it's like they don't, they understand that they can't do certain things that we do. Like, people think, like, anyone could do this shit. I mean, to me, anyone can do this, but a lot of people don't want to do it or are scared to do it. So, Mm -hmm. it's like, they could talk it, but you got to put in that work. Yeah. And also, like, everyone just told me who was, like, not, like, labeling people, but people who are successful in business or entertainment. And I've talked to a lot of people over this break. I've told you about it. Finance people, people in the entertainment industry, stuff like that. Like, in my, I'm not saying I'm privileged to have, like, a network like that, but I know people through people and just connecting. And it all comes down to believing in your own self. Even if your parents are naysayers or any haters, fuck them, pretty much, they're saying. And do your own path. Got to do it yourself. Learn too. from the greats, but be your own person. Do your own thing. And the number one thing is confidence and keep going no matter what, even when you're having a bad day. And that's the main thing. And also, I got people telling me, like, because, you know, I'm ADD. People tell me how important planning is, planning mm-hmm. the stuff. Because even when the whole, that's why I say you're planning. The, whole, the whole thing about planning is the fact when you're having a shitty day or you're not being, you're jerking off, you're not motivated, you see that motherfucking plan. Like, this is what I need to do. It's not to be like, oh, shit, today we're doing this and that. It's like, obviously, everyone has their off days, but being consistent helps because Consistency and organization. Pretty much the one of the person people were saying Time instead of sta- instead of trying to get ready, stay fucking ready for your shot, and that's mm-hmm. the, that's important too. You know, that's why I always like to do stuff. Motivational speaker here, Mike. But uh, now we it's been another year in progress. You know, we've been doing this strong for uh, two plus years now since I met you. Uh, and, and there's oh, that coming meme. coming up on three years. I would say uh, this this coming summer will be three years since we've met. And there's that um, meme where it's like six months of hard work and dedication and, and consistency can beat out five years of like like shitty work. Ethic. Well, it's that's true. that's the thing, especially with internet and social media, you can blow up overnight, or you can or you can take forever. Or like the um, or like that's the Travis thing. Scott meme that you sent me. People, um, people, yeah, people told me though, like people think, like, say if we make it, they're gonna think we blow up overnight, but they'll understand the work we put in, like the ten year hustle. 
Yeah. Um, no, but for the most part, it was positive reactions, positive reviews for another year of progress. Twenty nineteen was, was a good you one. You said there were people hating, though. You think people hate? The I think people don't hate, dude. They're really serious. Like they don't understand it, and they see that you have a hundred thousand views, and you interviewed someone famous. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm talking about. I'm talking I'm about. Talking about yeah, day one haters who were like. I'm talking about maybe specified to to like my, people I know and family I know because I know how they think because I've known them my whole life. Gotcha. Um, also, yeah, it teeters. It teeters it's pretty cool because you have the balls to do it. You know, it I mean? teeters on the age too. Like you know, yeah. people who are like a little bit old school, a little bit younger, like late well, people in their I, late thirties. From entrepreneurs, you could hype up your stuff. You look legit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I learned from social media people. Believe me. Yeah, like I got like <laughs> that's what I was saying. If th- these motherfuckers are making money and do what they like, anyone can believe me. And I, I've seen some DMs lately. Oh yeah, well I broke down the whole social influencer thing to my buddy, and he's like, "What?" Like he didn't realize that the whole like 90 percent of these guys is just a fake scam. This is from New Year's Eve. I saw my old high school friend. He texted me today asking about stuff in my podcast. Yeah. He called me the flashlight man. He told everyone. Everyone thought it was great. Um. No, yeah, for I the love, most I part, I love the combos. They're motivating. They could all be podcast episodes, but a lot of times these guys don't want to be on record. Like I know a good finance guy who makes a ton of money and gives good gems, but he doesn't want to be on a podcast. Twenty nineteen was a good for year for you to to reflect a little bit since we started strong. And because this time last year we were interviewing Mickey Gall for the first time on the podcast prior to his fight, and you know we did a lot of fun entrepreneur episodes com- coming up Louis right after that. Come, people want to come back. The one thing I will say, Mark Norman was is, a few months after that. The one thing I will say is don't like anyone who has a podcast or creator, don't let Instagram let you down or social media because the engagement's been down because... Engagement's w- awful. Last, also, just because someone has less than 10,000 followers, don't not fuck with them if their shit's good. And also, last year, our, we had more likes and more views, so from a standpoint of social media, you would think, oh shit, we're like decreasing, but we're actually increasing through other avenues and stuff, but Instagram fucking sucks and only 1% of unique viewers or followers can see your shit now if you don't pay for stuff. So they took all that shit down. So like when we were tagging entrepreneur stuff and hip-hop stuff and UFC stuff, all these new people were listening to our shit and liking our photo, and now it's not getting there. Yeah. So it's like Instagram's fucking the creators who don't put out the money or who don't, you know... Yeah, which is a good... It's a good thing, I think. Um, Fuck, I was just going to say something. How do you think it's a good thing? I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing... They're cutting down... You can't tag anything. You can't find certain things like... Now, I don't think it's a good thing for connecting and engagement, but I think it's a good thing for, for kind of weeding out so, some of the scam artists. Well, not really, because the scam artists are still finding ways to do stuff. They have to pay for stuff, and it's more shady. But it is paid to play. Zuckerberg you sucks. Sorry. You guys got to understand. You guys got to understand this. A lot of this Instagram and stuff is pay to play. So if you see someone who Zuckerberg has wants money. really quality stuff like us, like good interviews or funny videos, but we don't have huge engagement or huge following, you still fuck with us and tell people about us. Don't just go to the first blue check you see or stupid bar stool Super Bowl star. Nothing against them. They're fucking hilarious. Uh, the I was actually telling my friend. It made me realize like multivitamins. I'm like researching now. Like I don't. A lot of people will just go for the big name of big followers, thinking their product's good. But I'll see now like a protein company with like four hundred thousand followers and only like. 128 likes on a photo with like two comments and I know that there's something fishy going on and they're spending money on marketing when I'd rather have a company who's verified with 12,000 followers and 200 comments and 500 500 likes on a post Mm. because I realize that they're still focused on marketing and engagement but their product's probably more organic and better because they're not being phony buying a crazy amount of followers and having a shitty product. Facts. I'd rather have them focus on the product and the quality and the engagement. Yep. Also new uh, new stock of Fleshlights so we're going to be doing some shit with them, giveaways and shit. We actually should be filming this part too and be able to put it out as promotion. Um, Shout out to Promessin, shout out to Fleshlight, shout out to Head Hammock, shout out to all the businesses. Stealth Stealth Mode Motorsports that fuck with us, still with us, doesn't matter. We love you all. The holidays were great. Hope you had a good holiday. Now it's time to get out of that fucking mindset because let's be honest, it hasn't felt like Christmas since you were 12 years old anyway, so shut the hell up. Mike's slapping his fat right now because he just ate all Christmas break. And we're back and ready to go. Not that we ever went anywhere. Also, Q and Facebook. we're going. We're going. We're fucking. We're going to make.
make a huge step this year. Huge. People don't realize that. Huge. Can't wait to 2019 was a great year. Okay, we had Mickey Gall twice. We had Mark Norman. We had Exotica. We had, you know. We had Andrew some, Schultz. We had Ed, Ryan Davis. No, Andrew, those were both 2018. We Whatever, had some, dude. It's the same calendar year It doesn't for me. matter. I'm finishing the year, dummy. We had some great entrepreneur episodes that got a lot of engagement. We made some funny quality videos, Promescent. We did, you know, we did a giveaways. We had some funny comics on. 2019 was a good one, and it's just going to keep getting better. Okay, so stay with us. And uh, again, please tell someone you know. Leave can, us a review. Rate, me. subscribe. Tell your friends. It means the world to us. Keep telling us you like us. If you're local, if you're not local, if you're random, hit the DMs. Always hit the DMs. Keep it basement. Oh, DMs are very interesting. Keep it basement media at gmail.com. We're, uh, keep it basement everywhere. Also, keep it basement flashlight. Uh, family member sent me a photo of, of it said if you follow Keep It Basement, also check out Flashlight. So in an algorithm thing or something on social media, if you follow Keep It Basement, read what? Redirect from Flashlight. It's kind of funny how we did that. Keep It Basement. Uh, so say if you follow Keep It Basement, it also says if you follow Keep It Basement, also check out Flashlight. And uh, yeah, I'm shooting my shots. I'm shooting all my shots. We about to get blown up anyway. World War Three, Trump, Iran, Iraq, whatever the fuck it is. Using World War Three and the world ending as an excuse to pick up as a pickup line to get some booty. Fuck it and DM her. 2000, 2020, take some risks, fam. Fuck it and DM, baby. Fuck it and DM her. 2020, take some risks. Yes, sir. Guys, let me tell you about a real story about Promescent. I actually got this product at Exotica one year when I was doing press. Um, I saw it in a goodie bag, and a porn star gave it to me and said, you got to try it out because uh, apparently it makes you last longer in bed and it makes you have a good sex game if you lack a good sex game or if you want a better sex game i guess and i don't think i had a great sex game to be honest with you so i remember there was this pretty girl i was talking to and i was really nervous to hang out with her and to have sex with her and eventually hook up with her and i sprayed it on me and i tried it out and it worked well because i lasted really long and i was like a god in bed i was like a motherfucking porn star like what i lacked in my size of my penis probably and a lot of other stuff I gained with lasting long and uh, giving her multiple rounds, and she loved it. And uh, she had uh, multiple orgasms and really enjoyed it. And at the time, I didn't tell her, like, hey, listen, I sprayed this stuff on my penis, and it made my penis kind of numb, and it made me last longer. So, like, I didn't want to say that because it would just be, like, a little too weird for the first time, but it got me over the anxiety of uh, ejaculating very quickly. Keep It Basement is brought to you by Promescent. Promescent is a safe, proven, effective, lasting longer spray that can delay ejaculation and let men enjoy lovemaking in a way that they didn't know was possible. Promescent isn't just a spray to help you last longer in bed. It's a way to slow down the clock, giving you more time to play, more time to explore, and more time to discover new levels of intimacy with your partner. The primary benefit of using Promescent is that it is a local therapy and you won't have the risk of experiencing side effects like you would with an oral supplement. Simple and easy to use, just spray on the underside of the head of your penis and some on the underside shaft as well. Apply three or more sprays, but no more than 10 and rub in. Wait five to 10 minutes until it is fully absorbed into your skin. Don't forget to wash off the spray before engaging in sexual intercourse. Promescent offers spray, lubricant, condoms, and Betaflux, an erectile dysfunction pill, and offers free shipping on U.S. orders over $10. Follow Promescent on Instagram or visit promescent.com for more information. This is the Keep It Basement Podcast. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Laughable, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you can listen to us at. And also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Keep It Basement. And check the YouTube page out, Keep It Basement YouTube, for more interviews and content coming your way. 
Thank you for listening. We welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world. With its soft, real feel insert, patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over a hundred possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It Basement Podcast with your boy Sweet. Y'all heard? What up, Sweens? Now tune to motherfucking derelict. Keep it basement with the Sweens. That's the name of the podcast. Keep it basement with the Sweens. Uh, oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically. Uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you know it. Warning, 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 The drama king is in the building. The drama king is in the building. Warning, 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 The drama king is in the building. The drama king is in the building. Warning, warning. <laughs> Keep so, It Basement has entered the building. Yeah, Keep It Basement has entered the building. They need them off-premises. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, yo, yo, Keep It Basement. Bro, uh, bro talk. So I was talking about overlappers. A girl told me what, bro like, talk. what an overlapper was and also a guy friend. And this uh, girl gave me advice. She was a smoky, as Zappia said. Um, overlappers. So when they start a new relationship just before your breakup, it's actually a commonality in some women. Uh, a lot of people are overlappers, even guys, I guess. But apparently, a girl told me that we do that. They do this all the time. It's reinsurance that they will have. They'll have somebody, and that they're not alone when it's time to leave you, because they'd rather be with you even if they don't like you than be alone. So hear me out. Some good stuff right here. Uh, some advice I got, and I took notes about it. And uh, just like the topic is very interesting, and we're having a lot of female guests on in the future, so it's like something I want to touch on and recycle this because it's like a good topic for uh, people in the relationship and stuff like that. So uh, it's called Overlappers, and they establish a new target in relationship before ending it with you. And some of the best advice I got was from a girl, uh, a girl who got dumped and who had done this to guys, and as well as a friend who got dumped who was a guy. So pretty much the analogy was you don't go new shoe shopping with no shoes. You go with the old shoes to try them on. So basically, like, a girl already has the option. Like, she's bringing, like, she's bringing her old shoes to get new shoes. It's like the analogy, like, she's bringing you along while she's checking out the new guy. Like she already has stuff in the in the in the in the background. She's got stuff going on, and uh, when trying on the new shoes, you bring the old shoes with you. Uh, see how they look, fit, uh, feeling. The, and she's like feeling the new dude out. She's feeling the new dick out. And uh, before a girl ends with you, they make a calculated strategic decision to have someone else in line. Uh, they recruit. They're recruiting dudes like a college, like looking for five star recruits. Like girls are recruiting guys to drop your ass. And then there's a time when a girl knows she's losing interest and wants someone else, but they'll wait. And they don't want to be lonely, like I said. So it's like the coldest shit. Like I'm sure dudes do some cold shit too, where they got like multiple options and cheat on girls. But I feel like this is some stone cold snake killer shit, where a girl knows she's leaving you, but waiting. And then finally, when she's ready with the guy, she leaves you. And then she like acts like she like doesn't like you anymore and fell out of love, and she's single, but she already has a boyfriend. And uh, 
Yeah, it's just very interesting. I, I think a lot of people experience these before without even knowing. If this is the case, then doesn't that mean that possibly the current guy knows the the, the new guy, potential new guy or has been in the same room as him? Uh, not necessarily. Like the whole analogy was like pretty much you ha- you're trying out new guys without the guy knowing, but you're bringing the old shoes with you. It's like you're going shoe shopping. It's like the analogy like she has the boyfriend still, but she's get she's trying the new guy to see if it works. And no, the girl will lie, like say she's at dinner with friends or at a party and stuff. And it actually happened to me before, and I knew it, and I didn't care. So I was just trying to get my fucks in because the girl mm-hmm. was hot. So I'm like, I'm just going to fuck till the end. And then, like, you could tell, like, it never lies, like, not to get, like, too weird, but, like, you could tell, like, the sex was getting weirder at the end when the girl didn't like you and already had another option. Like, you could tell she felt conflicted, and you could just, like, tell. Do you think the that. new guy that she's uh, looking at, uh, like, or is it multiple other new guys? She might, she might say that, like, hey, I'm getting out of a relationship, or I dumped my boyfriend. And I do but know this. I know this. Any girl that does this, um, the same thing will happen to you. Like, say the karma. Like, I really believe in this. Not even just karma. It's just the way the girl is or the guy. Say if uh, you have an overlapper where you were dating a girl and she left you, mm-hmm. and you're that guy. Say you're that guy who gets the girl while she had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen to you, too. It's happened to my friends who, who, who've uh, dated a girl when they had a boyfriend. They were breaking up with a boyfriend. They were over him. Mm-hmm. They had a new guy. Butterfly effect. It's another thing. They, had, they have the guy ready. They, that's the only way they know. They're, like, learning condition that way over time. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to hit on women here because guys do some fucked up shit, too, ladies. But I'm just saying I'm learning the game and like women tell me this is what happens like women tell me like they don't want to be lonely they'd rather be with someone and they know they're strategic and they're cold they're like a fucking cat they, they know for months or weeks that they want to get rid of this guy and it's a strategic decision when word. and they have to get someone else lined up ready word, for word. it uh, and that, that's just what I learned from a girl and a guy who'd happened to and right. I've had a friend who got a girl who had a boyfriend and I always thought it was some like snake shit I'm like damn even though we don't know the guy it's like whatever we're getting the pussy but at the end of the day I think karma comes back to you because that girl's gonna use the same philosophy and get another guy while she's still with you yeah. but you know it's it's cold the end the end of a relationship is cold and dark and technically people girls say that's a form of cheating like but other people don't believe that's cheating but I mean, it could either way. It's a gray area, you know. You can't do it smoothly either. I don't think, you, like, unless you're a f- sociopath girl, you can't transition from uh, uh, out your ex boyfriend to a new guy without him kind of picking up on it a little bit. Like, if she just comes to you one day and is like, "I'm out," and you're like, "What?" There had to be a couple red flags towards the end, if I think, unless you're really good at it. Yeah, you know, you could tell, like. Yeah, there's like quotes on her calendar, like she needs to change and stuff. <laughs> That's actually happened to me. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> but you could like, you could tell like everything's so different. It's like, you know, it's bad when you're like pretty much begging for sex. But for, uh-huh. for, for a woman, it's like shopping. Like this, 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 this is like the quote online and what a girl literally told me. I know the shoe analogy. There's another analogy too, if you want to hear it. She was like, for a woman, it's like shopping. This is like how you said, do they have multiple options? Some do. Some are fucking slick. Smokies do. For a woman, it's like shopping. They try it on and make the decision to keep it. If it looks better than what they already have, the Tom Zappier or Mike Sweeney, they will get it on the spot. If they can't afford it, they will make a plan to get it later or take the risk and get it anyway because it probably won't, won't be there later. Women do this and try to hold you at fault for it, but don't fall for that. She wants to just leave. She's looking for your replacement. Sometimes the replacement is already found and they keep both guys to fulfill everything so she doesn't have have anything missing in her life it's kind of fucked up from a like a psychological thing it's like the girl is insecure about herself or feels lonely so she wants those options what if she pulls off two guys simultaneously for like a few months she, you gotta be good yeah. you, think, you think there's girls out there and there's, there's definitely there's smokes out there that, there's, that do that no tr- problem. there's truth to it that the, girl, the guys don't even care probably the girl is kind of 
picking her re- replacement and doing it for herself if they want to get married or have kids and you don't say mm-hmm. if you're a comedian and you don't want to get married or have kids mm-hmm. the girl wants to find that guy who's stable has that job that's coming in the income and that could get a house together have a family and have the little old fairy fucking tale thing she doesn't want the creative weird guy who's working uber to f- follow his dreams unless they're really a day one or true because yeah, they, they, they just think you, know, comedy, it you need comedy fans I, I know a couple girls I did it weren't comedy fans like didn't care but the funny part yeah, is some sure. comedy creative douche could hit it in a week and go huge and beca- and make just as much as the lawyer has been busting his ass for the past or the two police years. officer yeah. yeah whatever fuck the police nah I'm just kidding fuck oh. <laughs> but, so like oh. that whole topic is gold to, to hear girls po- point of view I want to hear girls point of view but I don't want to offend any girl if they come on and this, they do this but I just want to hear why it happens and people be like, oh, that doesn't happen. Oh, and we got some girls, got coming girls coming on, baby. me that it happens. We got some ladies in the future episodes, listeners, don't, so don't be, be ready. Guys are scumbags, too. I get it. And it's almost like sometimes sometimes the girls are just trying to be too nice where they're like, okay, I'm going to keep them around till the end to like let him get laid and also wait till to see if I really like him and give him a chance. That's their philosophy. They're saying they want to give the guy a chance, see if they still like him. Mm-hmm. But it's really bullshit. And they're yeah. really putting a pin on you and they really got other options. They like someone. Yeah, I could, I could see that. You got to do it well. Play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Out and I go, uh, obviously you don't know who the Sweens is, okay? A fucking world-renowned hip-hop and radio producer and host, radio host, who's done interviews with countless superstars and is a fucking multifaceted talent. So the fucking best thing you could fucking do is have him be a sponsorship for your fucking ship bag CBD oil because the kid's a fucking legend in the game, okay? He's the fucking greatest interview you will ever see. Howard Stern, Charlemagne, Larry King ain't shit on Mike Sweeney, okay? So you're going to want to fucking have our business, motherfucker. Sincerely, sincerely, the Sweeney. Get yourself shot. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement. Back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah. Yeah, let's play it. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. <laughs> 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 I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement, like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to me, fans make the best interviewers. You know what I mean? Like, Because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan, and you follow the artist, and you study your artist, and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artist for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour. It's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I, like, yeah. like a lot of interviewers I have 20 questions, and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions. But the yeah. truth about it is, if you ask me a question, if I ask an artist a question and the artist answers me, if I'm listening, I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him. And that's what a conversation is all about. Hello? Hello, Sipes? Yes, Sipes, what's up? Hey, what's going on? This is Mike Sweeney. Sweeney. What's up, dude? Mike Sweeney, the idiot. Got it. What, keep it what radio? Basement. Keep it basement? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. 
keep it yeah. basement radio? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Swing, and keep it basement radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep it basement. Making money. Boy. All right. Keep it basement podcast. Talking about the Charlemagne Joe Budden pull up uh, year end review talk. Great interview on YouTube. Or you didn't even talk. like it. You said it sucked. I listened to the first fifteen minutes while I was trying not to fall asleep. Yeah, you're not a hip hop guy, but I kind of like the gems they take, and I learn from the knowledge. Not really about the hip hop news. I don't really give a fuck about Quavo and Cardi B or whatever. Offset. Same. I didn't even know those were beefs. No, not beefs. They're dating. Uh, I'm saying all Cardi the beefs B. they were talking about. I had no idea they were beefs. Yeah, but anyway, networks over create uh, networks versus creating on your own. Uh, Charlemagne pretty much said, like I've been saying, by the way, and Schultz takes these philosophies too, believe it. Networks are in trouble. They have to understand that people can create content without them. They could do it by themselves and that people have their own following. If anything, those creators are helping networks more than networks helping creators. And Joe Budden was talking about what Steve Harvey does now. He was beefing with the network. I think it was NBC. A lot of people are beefing with NBC. A lot of black uh, entertainers. Not good. Racist, maybe. Just kidding. <laughs> But Steve Harvey, what Steve Harvey does now, he's beefing with a network, so he just took all his stuff and put the clips on Facebook and YouTube and made money off of that, which is pretty much like, fuck the network, I don't need that TV show. And it's an example of an old school guy doing what's hot now. Like, the move now is to put your platform out on the internet so people can watch it whenever. And uh, pretty much they were talking about how you shouldn't kiss ass or compromise for networks. And uh, let's talk about Schultz in Riding the Wave. Shout out (coughs) Schultz for the announcement of his new stand-up special at the L.A., uh, for uh, Orpheum, whatever it's called. Good, good job. <laughs> and he was like, he was put, there was a tweet how like he was pretty much insinuating that Netflix or a fan was saying that Netflix stole his idea of putting clips on YouTube now. Right. When originally like Schultz took the idea. Wait, from, who said this? Button? Did no, he say this is different. This is, this is just uh, relating to networks. Yeah. This is different the Schultz tweet I talked about. So right now I'm talking about Schultz. Okay. How Schultz is uh, pretty much network is riding the wave that Schultz created. But I don't believe Schultz really created that. And it was already around in hip hop, like your Vlads and all that other stuff, and how other hip hop people have done that, put stuff on YouTube. It's like not like you know he didn't. It's not rocket science. He didn't create like invent anything crazy. He just took something and he put it the put it everywhere else, like yeah. he put on different platforms. And I feel like people just see others doing it on social media. So like I feel like a, like a social media Netflix guy was probably like, yo, well, these comedians are putting clips on on YouTube. Uh, let's just uh, do this too to get more attention and views out because they have like Netflix is funny now on YouTube. You see how they like put well, clips up. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they've been doing that. But in terms of putting out clips, uh, videos with subtitles and clips, it's nothing. It's nothing new. I mean, it's new generally, but for the most part, like Schultz wasn't the first one to do it. But I mean, in terms of Schultz's new special is coming out with comedy dynamics. Since, like we said, we all know the Schultz come up story. Great, he's blowing up. He's a huge influence. This, that, and the third. He got rejected by all the networks in the first place, and he pitched his first special for what he thought it was worth, and he got rejected from everyone. So now that he blew, went, did the YouTube, blew up himself, all the networks are like, oh, and they hit him up. The, uh, Netflix hit him up to do Degenerates. He said no, because he, he knows he, can, he doesn't need it. And now he's co- finally coming out with, I guess this is his third, because it was his third special, he had 444, and then Views from the Sis, and then um, the crowd work. And now he's going to be doing this one with comedy dynamics, because this is what happened. They came to him, offered him, he said, no, I just did these two specials and I blew up on my own. I'm worth even more than I initially asked for. Now he's worth, I don't know the number, now I'm worth this. You give me this, this is what I'm worth. Netflix probably said no. Whoever else probably said no. Comedy Dynamics realizes what an entity Schultz is, how he's blowing up. People love him. People are calling him an entrepreneur, you know, whatever, this, that, and the third. Okay, we'll give it to you. 
they're seeing that in him and realizing we need to ride with someone like Schultz because let's be honest, Comedy Dynamics is a great network. Comedy network. I've never heard of my entire life. You, you don't. You never heard of it if you're not comedy. The thing with Netflix is it's uh it's. You, it's mainstream. If, if, if Anyone's went, heard of Netflix? Everyone's <clears throat> heard of Netflix. If you went back, you've only to, heard of comedy dynamics if you know comedy. If you went back to Netflix, he would look like an idiot. No shit. That and Netflix part and Netflix part didn't offer what he, and Netflix part didn't offer him what he thinks he's worth Probably. or what what he asked for, like Monique, which is more than what he initially asked for. Yeah, and, like Monique. And then I just want to say, Schultz interview. He talked about how Tony Hawk wasn't the first skater doing all that, but he got popular. It's always like the third or fourth guy who makes it big from using someone's like formula. You know, I really believe that actually in a way. I think he was right about that in our interview. He talked about that. So like. It's very interesting how, like, you might be the first guy into doing something, pioneering it, but in reality, like, the guy after you who copied your idea might make it, and you might not, or you, I mean, both will, but it's very interesting how that concept can work. With Joe Budden Charlemagne on the pull-up on Joe Budden's uh, YouTube. I was telling you gems today, I was saying that Charlemagne was trying to get the Breakfast Club uh, YouTube page popping, and... The, he was like f- trying to get iHeart to get on board the corporation he works for, the radio station Breakfast Club, and they're being hesitant. And then all of a sudden, the Birdman thing went viral, and then the Hillary Clinton hot sauce thing, and they finally made it. But Joe Bowen was like, "Yo, you're hustling ass backwards. You should just made your own page and got your money instead of giving it to the corporation." He's like, "I know, but at the time, I was trying to help the Breakfast Club out and trying to work them up to the best radio show. They've been doing it for ten, ye- about to be ten years next December, and you could tell the time is coming where it's going to end soon." But Charlemagne's like, I don't look at it that way because we did so much and we like did so much in the game with it. And like he's like, black people love to hate on other black platforms and people and like want it to end. I don't know why y'all gonna hate. And uh, Joe Bun was just laughing about it and they were talking about it. I mean, he can't be mad. Breakfast Club made his career, like made him this level. Was, yeah, New York he, City did at least. Wasn't he broken his mom's house right before the Breakfast Club? Yeah, it's kind of wild, ain't it? And Philly, yeah, because he got fired in Philly and stuff. Or just you know, maybe Jay Z did it. Who knows? But the the crazy thing about it is. Um, just what he was saying, how Arsenio Hall was telling him that he's the new Arsenio Hall because he's people come to your radio show in New York, you interview somebody famous, they get promote promotions and you know promote it, and then that goes on YouTube and they can watch it anytime throughout the day. They don't have to wait for late night. They don't have to watch it a certain time. The YouTube platform is what's great. Right, and and he made me, he made me get some gems. He made me realize. He has a radio show, and radio's never going to die, he says, but it, I think it could. Who said he, radio's never going to die? He said radio's just going to be the way it is, but what, what they have to do is change the approach and put po- make it podcasting, YouTube, and other stuff. He's like, Breakfast Club's a radio show at the end of the day, but we're also a podcast. We get top 10 podcast numbers, and also our YouTube channel. We get, we get money off the YouTube. And he was saying that creators, and I think this is what Schultz did, and a lot of comedians should listen, they, cha- they have to change their approach. They can't be old-school mentality. They have to be the new-school mentality where they're taking their product or their service or their talent and they're amplifying it on different platforms. Mm-hmm. He's like, pretty much, at the end of the day, like, keep it basement, like you said, we're more than a podcast. It's a show concept. Keep it basement, right? And it could be like a late night talk show. It could be like an interview show, or it could be like a, co- a comedy stuff. And at the end of the day, it's all different stuff, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a podcast, whether it's you know a YouTube show. It's all the same thing. Well, that's, the thing about, uh, that's the thing about YouTube or internet. Like, uh, you go watch a po- uh, Breakfast Club interview on YouTube, and it probably has more views than it did that day from the actual radio listenership like in your car you never know it's like why a Rogan episode has more hits than somebody who watches Tonight Show every night Tonight Show probably gets like six, seven hundred thousand views a night Rogan's millions and and like it was a decade wrap up right and Charlemagne was like kind of bragging about like the Arsenio Hall thing which is kind of cool but like he has a good point like Arsenio Hall's an OG in the game old school mentality talk show host comedian actor coming to America all that you know and for him to tell Charlemagne like yo you're the new me mm-hmm. is legendary I think he's way better 
Who? Charlemagne. Well, anyway, Arsenio Hall goes, you're the new me. You're giving a platform to people who are creators. You're amplifying their stuff. You're helping promote people. Do you understand, like, when you go on The Breakfast Club and you sell, you bring a book, like, that book sale goes, like, number one, like, mm-hmm. in hip, like, hip-hop or wherever anyone comes on. And, like, Charlemagne's cool where he's getting the guest. Like, don't get me wrong. Angela Yee and DJ Envy are cool, but Charlemagne, is, Charlemagne are, is getting these guests, whether they're black activists or whether they're, like, New York Times bestseller, nerdy white guys, or depending on whoever it is. He's getting these people to come on, and he's promoting their platform and also people he's getting new views he's smart as fuck he's getting new view he's getting new viewers too who are going to listen like some nerdy white guy selling a book now they're going to be fans of the breakfast club because they like charming's interview skills like me yeah. yeah um the thing that the thing that triggered me the most was because like button was fighting about how mm. he became the best he's like the best interview now and he was like he was like yeah but people weren't asking those groundbreaking breaking questions until i came on what the, the fuck is he and talking he, about he's saying this to charlemagne i'm like charlemagne asks the questions it's him and stern they ask the top questions Okay, are you insane? I don't get that. I got that. so mad, and I don't, even, was, I don't even know Bun or, or like, li- yeah. know much about so him. So Joe Bun was saying he asked, people were asking Because I actually listened to Charlamagne interviews. Yeah, he was asking generic questions before his interviews, and I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Maybe like a certain demographic who don't know who Oprah is, who don't know who Howard Stern is, who don't know who uh, legendary interviews are, or who don't know who Charlamagne is. Like, what is he talking about? Like, because mm-hmm. I thought that was funny, too, and I told you, I voice memoed you at, like, you know what's crazy? Like, we're going to make it one day. Like, say if I make it as an interviewer or, like, a personality or anything or a comedian or, like, whatever you do, too, or we both do. It's weird because someone's going to be like, yo, you copied this guy. You copied Joe Budden's podcast because they have organic talk and talk about hip-hop. And it's like, That's nah, like, I don't, that, they don't even inspire me, really. But, like, I respect what they do. But they're it's like, say that because they're the biggest at that time. Yeah, it's, like, not fair, though, because you've been putting that work in for 10 years or before their podcast was even popping, so how could you say that that influenced you? You know what I'm saying? Because like they we, weren't around for that, so they have no way of knowing that. I know, but, like, Joe Budden's acting like that. He's get, yeah, Everyone's influenced by him when it's not true, but everyone will listen to you. But, like, if I'm doing, if I'm a radio personality since 2007 and your podcast got hot in 2015, how the fuck is it where I put all this work in? Am I influenced by your interview skills? Like... It, it kind of fucked up because it's kind of like him saying that Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z didn't influence rappers and Joe Budden was the creator of hip-hop. He's acting like he just started this and it was like the creator of it all when it's been going on for like fucking 10 years and like other people have been doing it like Joe Rogan, Charlemagne, like other different people. And it just made me realize like there's no really creative concept anymore. It's just like you have X amount of followers and social media popularity and you could pull off this concept compared to a guy sitting in his basement doing a podcast who's unknown to the culture global audience. Mm-hmm. So it's like the work we're putting in now might not might get unnoticed by like a Joe Budden and he might be like, yo, Mike Sweeney's just copying my interview skills when like all he's doing is just having a conversation just like Charlamagne. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like their unique perspective and they get the interviews because they're famous. Like if Joe Budden wasn't Joe Budden, a famous rapper and that personality now, he wouldn't get all these interviews. So his no one would know about his interview skills anyway. Yeah. But he is a good interviewer and he's he had a hot ninety seven show back in the day. I never so really he's good with that him. stuff. I think a lot of these newer uh interviewers are like kinda like hip hop uh, urban interviewers, like your Joe Budden's, your Charlemagne's, uh who's the guy with Rosenberg? Uh Ebro, you know, those kind of guys are better interviewers than like your your old schools, like your James Lipton's, your Oprah's, your Larry King's, your Barbara Walters. Like, if you ask me, I I can't even watch a Larry King interview. I get it; he's a yeah. hundred years old, but he just asks boring, generic yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. and the and the guest will try to go into more depth into something, and he'll just want to go on to the next basic question, like how, like what kind of dog it, do you it's have? It's funny, and Charlemagne Stern especially because he just he has something 
crazy where he just goes. He literally... Old Son like, didn't he, care, though. Yeah, and he's basically going down the path that you know they don't want to go, and the listener is, like, begging for this, and it just like ha- and it's just like, you didn't think he was going to go there. Charlemagne's the same kind of thing. Immediately ask about beefs, immediately ask about cheating, immediately ask about uh, mistakes you've made. You literally go right into that stuff. It's what makes it a good interviewer and being able to uh, get them to... to it, admit or maybe they've talked about it already talk about stuff just more in depth that was very like kind of top secret what's his name's pretty good too um vlad vlad's not bad um, yeah he just wants like the controversial interview i feel like yeah it's yeah. just like i feel like Charlemagne explains it Schultz tells it too like he gets anxiety if he doesn't say what's on his mind i feel that like you just want to yeah, get it off your chest what's the point of the interview like you you have to ask the question like you you're, really you're letting the streets down you're letting the fan down but like i think he evolved over time where he let, asked less sexual questions and he's more personable and i think you have to like look at stern he used to like ask all these controversial questions and now he's with this now people are calling him hollywood but i mean you hang around so much you interview so many people and you're so loaded already you, you can't be like something you can't always be that person like you might have a little in you of that but you evolve over time and stern, like, i understand that Stern still asks, uh, even though he became a little bit softer. And he's, he like, he's still asks. To. He still asks the controversial, like in-depth questions, like when he had, like, um, you know, when he has Hillary, he had Hillary on, and was asking like hardcore about decision making for the yeah. for the you know Bin Laden thing, or like when he had Pete Davidson on right when he got with Ariana Grande, and was like, how the f-? and he basically how the fuck did you end up with her? Like you shouldn't be with her, basically kind of thing. Like the stuff you want to ask, you don't want to like. Yeah, I'm I'm someone who's interested in comic stories, but like you don't want to ask like you know okay how's uh, your family blah, yeah, blah. yeah. And then I feel like people are infatuated with celebrity, and you could tell you could tell me shit. Like I, I've been a part of like I've been co- I've been part of commenting on social media accounts and everything like that. And you could tell people are infatuated with celebrity, um, but like for like the Joe Budden thing, I usually stick up for him in like hip hop. But like him claiming to reinvent the one on one interview style is hilarious. And I'm not I'm not denying the fact that people are inspired off Joe Budden and his podcast. But like to claim people are uh, you know interviewing a certain way now because he was hilarious and like that I, like I said that's a fear of mine. Like uh, someone be like, oh yeah, he's a he's a spinoff of Charlemagne, or he's a spinoff of Joe Budden, but like I've been putting in that work, I, even though Charlemagne is inspiring, definitely. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, I definitely like his interviews, like his style, and interviewed him before. He's mad cool. But what what do what do these famous people realize? There's like tons of talented individuals who've been like doing their craft before Joe Budden, and like, you know, like these famous people realize there's tons of talented individuals who've been doing their craft like the whole time, and also it's like it's like fucked up, like. They're telling you how to like make it and shit. They're like, yeah, you've if you have a following and a YouTube page, and like a lot of these creators don't have a huge following. Like, you got to give us some more gems, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, that got me so mad that he was like saying he's one of the best interviews ever, and he's a great interview. But it, it's been paid for him already, and Charlemagne's just as good, if not better. It's also subjective, but still. Um, and then Spotify has a lot of scripted podcasts. And the number one podcast is the Joe Budden podcast, which isn't scripted and it's all conversation. So for like the comedians out there who want everything scripted. I I know some people uh, just know that like sometimes raw conversation can be just as good. Like that's what I try to get out of it and uh, just learn the game through that. And he he was saying that he created Spotify pretty much, but it already had like half a million podcasts and Charlie was confused. How did you create Spotify? But he's like, they believed in me and my shit got all the views. So they started making more podcasts. So I guess it's kind of like evens out. I don't know. I just commented on the, uh, the Brandon Jinx. uh, It's the real uh, uh, interview and they, it's the, it's the real guys replied. What'd you say? I just said great pod, and then I and then I basically tagged Basement or I hashtagged us, and they said thanks. Oh my god, it's gonna know it's me, you dipshit. Go to Keep Basement follows. I did it for my personal though. Tom Zavia, yeah, does? by accident. But then I, I'm gonna go do it from Keep Basement. Um, that's funny. They get notifications immediately. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's, that's a smart that's idea a though. Thing. Keeping your fans loyal. It's like when Dane Cook went big with MySpace. It's also smart though. You go on your like like say for instance our YouTube doesn't have the most views. You go on someone's YouTube with the you go you go on the platform with the least views. You probably get a reaction out of that person. 
Because they'll see. Theirs aren't crazy. I know, that's what I'm saying. And you keep loyal fans. Yeah. Industry Plants next. Keep it based on podcasts. Talking about industry plants now. What do you think of industry plants? Like, as a comedian, you have to practice your craft on stage all the time. But industry plants, pretty much people who claim to be independent but backed by a label, network, or industry, and someone who's been around, and something hits off. Like, they get in the doors, and they're handpicked by higher-up executives to be forced into the game. I think I smell like ass. And become success. Industry plant, pretty much, someone who gets in the doors and is handpicked by higher-up executives to be forced into the game and become a success. They got a handful of connections with others and a huge machine and corporation behind them. Uh, the people believe in the person's talent before they even put music out or comedy, etc. And uh, yeah, so as a comedian, what do you think of industry plants? And do you believe in it? And do you think, like as a comedian, obviously you have to practice your craft on stage all the time. There's no proof. And what do you think of like people who make it off of just the merit of having that look, sex appeal, or a following without any real talent at the time or any material? Oh yeah, well that exists in comedy all the time. It's actually funny because I was just listening to a podcast. Uh, I think Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, Jessica Kirsten, who just put a comedy special out, was on, and she's an older woman, although she is a lesbian married to a woman. But been doing comedy for twenty years. Finally, just got a special because Bill Burr likes her and and asked, "Could I? You deserve a special. Can I produce it for you?" That's how she got a special. She saw him crush at the picture. So now, Bill is that Burr is that on her for anyway. not branding herself and marketing, or is that the fact like she's just an old school style comedian and like just never amounted to like the marketing appeal to people? You could blame you could blame the network for her not being. So she's relying on a network. So that's not good. No, well, she's a she's a murderer, literally, and, and yeah, she's no, been, I saw her on the show crashing, and she's been doing it forever. The thing is, is the way they were explaining it is if that industry plant kind of stuff you were talking about is yes, and networks are looking to fill a quota, whether it be black, gay, Middle Eastern, Asian, someone else told me, you know, etc. Jessica Kirsten has an example. Mark Norman is was a, saying this about a, a late forty year old uh, lesbian woman, you know, uh, murderer comedian, and you know, the, always looking with Schumer plant. Possibly, always looking to fill quotas in terms of She's female f- big plan. female comedians' uh, success. But she might have. But that's what happens sometimes. You have killers that just fly under the radar because the network doesn't search hard enough. That would be a, that's an example of Jessica Kirsten. Being funny is half the uh, battle. Someone said, or Mark Norman, or somebody who's kind of just like you know white, whatever, blah blah. Although she is lesbian, that plays into the quota a little bit. Industry plants. I don't think we've actually had any stern proof of them in terms of it stern being legit- proof. Are you taking shots at Stern? No, I'm kidding. No, Stern's a word. I know. Uh, legitimate proof that they were a plant. It might come out. It might uh, seem like that or, or worked out to look like that, but a lot of them just uh, go unnoticed or you have your 15 minutes of fame. Like, you just mentioned Amy Schumer. Where the fuck is she now? Like, she settled down and had a kid and shit, but like she was the, she was world-famous t- number one comedian. for She had a nice, she had a nice three, four-year run, but it co- then it cools off. Kevin Hart had a rise and fall and then another rise, and now he's the biggest thing in the world. Louie had a rise and fall. You know, he had a, he, granted, he had a weird scandal, but uh, industry plant, the way you described it, I don't think... Is actually a real thing, like the industry. You don't think so, huh? No, like the industry can pick you out because they want they see talent in you and they want you to. Um, they need you for that for uh, okay. to garner an audience. How like the if you're fuck? gay or if you're black or if you're whatever. How the fuck? But you're not. It's not like it's not like I'm getting this guy famous. Okay, tell me something. How the fuck was Lizzo on the carpet MTV Award carpet? Before she ever made any music in her life, I have no you idea. You don't think like an executive I, was I like, no "Oh, idea. let's get this fat black girl to." Make. I have no idea, but I can also argue that with the fact that I have never heard of Lizzo until this until 2019, and apparently she's been making music for 10 plus years, and she's in her 30s. It's not like she's fucking 16. Yeah, I've never heard of her. There was something going on. They were saying that she has connections in the industry, or whatever. But I mean, Everyone, a own. lot of people have connections. And then also another form of industry plant is Chance the Rapper because apparently he acts as he's independent he off, when he has. It doesn't matter if he fell off; he made it. When you're in, the, you act like you're independent, but you have a huge machine backing you, 
and he acted like he was, was independent. He acted like he was independent, but he had a label behind him and an Apple Music contract. So he's like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't see that as an industry plant. I would see that as like. A, well, that's an industry plant. Someone who says they're indie, but they have a fucking whole industry behind. Don't believe them. it. Don't believe what anyone says. Well, that means it's they're, like, in, they're still that's in, they're like, still that's like when plant. I run into a comedian, he's like, "Oh, I had, I'm ha- I had a show the other night. Uh, this, that, and the third was there, and I killed, and I'm gonna go on to L.A. This and other thing." I know I hate on Troy Av a lot. I don't mean to hate on Troy Av, but no. Troy Av was an industry plant because, like, he bought blog stuff. You buy like all that stuff. You hype your shit up, and the industry fucks with you, and you get the industry behind you. And like XXL put him on the freshman cover, and then the freestyle thing, and then he put an album out for th- for that. Like, it was never, like, the fact he was so talented. Like, they kind of imaged him as the face of Brooklyn and, like, the new school of Brooklyn. They wanted him to have that image, and he paid, he paid for a lot of stuff. So it's kind of like your social media influencer nowadays. It's the new, it's the new industry plant. But uh, yeah, it's like when you pay for fake followers early on, like an academics or a Mac Miller with the SoundCloud listens or whatever. Yeah, but Charlemagne had all this talent on his show before they were big. Like he oh, sa- he said he saw the star on Cardi B, and Cardi B was doing Instagram videos before ever making music. So sh- Joe Budden was saying that Cardi B could be an industry plant because someone found her, knew she was talented, and then decided like, yo, you should make music. And uh, it was like a stripper until like three years it's ago. It's funny because nah, a lot of people are fu- are interesting because like they're be, they'll be like big on social media, but their goal is like the DDGs are fat boys, like they're comedians and they already made it on YouTube and make money. Their goal is to be like a rapper. They want to make music. So they get that fucking fame first and then they do what they want to do. But a lot of comedians are ass backwards, but they're good. They want to just be straight up comedians, so they practice their craft all the time, but they have no marketing ability, and they have to rely on networks. So it's kind of like a catch twenty two. That's why stand up comedy should, should still be looked at as a skill or a talent because it's just like okay, yeah, but it's not. But I'm good at this. Does a does a lawyer need to market himself? No, he's a good lawyer. Nah, people do. Not always. In comedy, it's someone who's signed to an agency and on TV shows You're and has a criminal specials. defense lawyer. You get a job every day, regardless. In comedy, it's someone who is signed to an agency and on TV shows and has specials, and if and you believe like they. They caught a big break, but really someone paid them off or like they have a whole team behind them. Say there was a comedy label and Chris Rock was on it, Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Kevin Hart. Netflix. And you see and you see Tom Zappia on the same label. They'll be like, who the fuck is Tom Zappia? This Whoa, dude, I don't know. I, don't, I think I'm up in that, the, in that class. This dude was planted here amongst these great comedians. That's how like industry. OK, but either. you just use an extreme example that never happened. I'm giving a fucking example for the listener out there who's still confused about what an industry plan is. That's fine. Netflix has a bunch of it's shit like you see like stuff, too, but it has I'm gems. not saying Netflix. I'm saying an agency saying, or like a, a, like say if you were on a label together, right? And you had like five fucking huge famous comedians, and all of a sudden you got this guy, not to be a dick, but you're like, who's this shitbag? <laughs> this guy must fucking be fucking someone or know someone. It also, could be talented. Plant. It's an industry plant most of the time. That's the example. I don't think you see it like that set in stone. And you never know, even if they're a plant, they could have been busting their ass for the past 20 years. How do you know? That's true. Like, like I said, like Lizzo was like maybe funny in a different way, or Cardi B, and they're, they're contep- people are saying they're industry plants when they're really not. They're saying logic. <laughs> Charlamagne said logic's 50% industry plant because he's 50% white. <laughs> I think people you mean an industry plant kind of blow up quicker than uh, anticipated or they should have. Nah, that's not it. It's the people who are like, Joe Budden's thing is it's like not even the big names. It's someone like on Def Jam you never heard of. Like, why the fuck are they there? Oh, they, they, they're planted there because they fit some type of criteria like we are talking about. It's very interesting shit. What do you think of the YG comedian thing? The thing I posted about YG, how he apologized to the LBGT community. And uh, I said, if you were a comedian, you'd probably lose jobs over it. But if the beat's all right, the girl will dance all night. Word to Chris Rock, the classic Chris Rock uh, saying. I feel like rappers have it. I feel like rappers have it easier than comedians because like they can make music and be like sexist or racist or say whatever. And then they don't lose their jobs or concerts because it's like music and people are dancing and vibing with it. And then comedy, it's more authentic and unique, not authentic, but more like unique and like 
more personable, so people take the words more like harshly, and they get fucked over like losing jobs, losing sponsorships, like like a Shane Gillis, like yep. a Kevin Hart, which Pol- is the sad part. YG can fucking like call people homos, faggots, gays, lesbians, whatever, and be like okay, and still have a fan base, and still be loaded, and make music, and make multiple streams of income. But like a, com- a comedian could like they could ruin their whole shit, and I don't get, I don't understand it. I think it's because of the music, the beat, like I said. Yeah, double standard, but also you still have, we'll have those comedians, they won't lose a fan. Like, like Shane Gillis. He's banging Kalani now, that's Lu- why he Louis C.K. could still sell out Madison Square Garden tomorrow, but it's a completely right to double standard because I was just, I think it was Bill Burr on that fucking Vine Chicks podcast, uh, the chick that's married to Tommy Lee. Brittany Furlon, she's like some big vine, she was some big vine. Anyway, but they were talking about the exact same thing. It's like stand-up comedy gets like this special thing where it's like jokes get taken seriously and it's like it should be the last thing on the list. You should never you should never take comedians seriously. They are literally a jester who was looked at down upon in medieval times or whatever. A little bit more than I w- you know would think whatever. But literally comedians should be at the top of the list since they should be able to say and do whatever they want. You should they shouldn't even be taken anyway. Rappers should be above them. Presidents should be above them. Te- school teachers should be above them. Comedians tell the truth. Like the whole Chris Rock special, he's them. literally just telling the truth but no making shit. it funny. He w- he would literally people just don't realize that it's like it's like Norman says all the time tellers. or so, somebody says all the time. It's like it's like it's a joke. It's a joke you shouldn't be saying seriously but there's always every joke starts with a little bit of truth it's really true but it's a funny but it's in a funny way yeah, and it doesn't exactly. need to be taken like, seriously cruise, cruise. if a singer is doing a rap song where he's cursing and calling chicks bitches or whatever is he be should he be taken seriously no nah. exactly it's like entertainment but even as a comedian it's entertainment because like look at andrew dice clay it's not really him right like i don't want to be a character myself either but i think it's funny like fucking uh ali g borat is funny and bruno oh, and he's a character but um, it's a character piece. But what's funny is the fact, like, yeah, it's just very interesting how like comedians have it tough. But Chris Rock will really tell you a funny story about how like you don't want to go down Martin Luther King Boulevard in the ghetto if you're white or anybody. And he's true, it's right. But he brings it. He tells a story that's funny. So he's giving you like I like I love like radio people do real radio personalities, real entertainers, creators. They give you the truth, but they give you the joke first or the gem with it. They'll give you the fucking entertainment first. They'll make you laugh and then they'll give you the fucking words of wisdom, which I fuck with mm-hmm. 100%. And that's why I like like Chris Rock specials and like Dave Chappelle and Bring everyone like that and like some radio personalities Bigger like black. Charlemagne, Howard Stern. Like even, even Howard Stern will make a joke about like a guy jerking off and all day and being a loser but then saying like you got to prioritize your day and you got to follow like shit you want to do. Yeah. Like, like even when he's like serious, like he'll give you some gems but he'll keep you entertained and that's a real entertainer and that's a real creator to me. Yeah. I got some gems before we go. I saw a picture of Holly Berry on Instagram with abs. That motivated me to hit the gym, but then I ate mad food, so yeah. She also has a picture of No Bra Club. Really great. She's also a skinny black Here's the. I was never big Holly Berry. Here's the words of wisdom, though. Who cares? Here's the words of wisdom that you should clip this. Okay. Let me make sure we're running. I've been learning the game. Okay. Because you got to clip this. I I want this to be clipped. Like, make a whole new video than just this. It's not that long. I'm ready. Ready? Yeah. All right. I'm learning the game. Hang on, hang on. Ready? Three, yeah. Two, one. All right. I'm going to take the glasses off, actually. I'm learning the game. Uh, I did some social media stuff with Entrepreneur, someone verified. I've talked to comedians. I've talked to talented people. I've talked to people in the industry. I've talked to people outside the industry, anti-industry. Three stages to the game. I'm giving you, I'm giving you gems here. Zabby's going to get angry. I think I found a formula. Number one, the actual politics of the game and industry and the bullshit you're in, like the industry you're in. Example, you're in the comedy industry, right? Number two, the social media game, your social value. This is fucking important. And how you are perceived marketing yourself, 
and your business or personal brand. I think this might be the most important one, 2020. I know a lot of people are going to get angry. I think this could be even more important than talent. It's fucked up, but it's true. The social media game, your social value, and how you are perceived to people, and your marketing yourself, your brand, and business, your social proof and social value, very important. You're going to follow someone with a million followers who's a motivational speaker over someone with 10 followers who's a motivational speaker. Your Instagram is like your digital resume now or your social media and stuff like that, and that's where people look at you and see if they want to go out and see you too doing comedy. you got to put it on platforms. Number three, your actual talent level, which is, could be the least important, which is fucked up in many circumstances and cases. Um, but I believe everyone has talent in this room. I keep it basement besides the intern, Sam. I'm just kidding. I had to throw a little joke in there. I'm a hack. But yeah, so number three is the talent. And I think it's obviously important to get that stage time in or that radio time in or the interview time in. But at the end of the day, in 2020, no one's playing fair. We're living in weird times. I feel like the talent's the least and fucking important thing. I feel like it's important, obviously, but the other two are more important. Big number, followers. Number one. No, nah, not even that. Number, number one, the industry. You got to learn the game. You got to learn the industry. Even though if you're anti-industry, you got to know that you got to know the shit. You got to know the shit, how the shit stirs. Number two, social media, marketing yourself, branding yourself, which is really important. And number three, the actual talent. I think I found the formula. Wait, what was the second one? Are you serious? Social media and marketing yourself. You fucking suck. <laughs> and that was it, really. And then I just say, uh, I just believe, like, you know, the talent will speak for itself. True. But now more than ever, you have to be your own fan. I've, I've talked to many people. Confidence is key. You have to be your own fucking fan. Yeah. Talk and you got to promote yourself. Promote. It's not even talking What do I know, though? Don't listen to me, but I'm just trying to help you out. But I can't give you too much advice because I get fucking yelled at for it. Keep it basement. Genius words from the Sweens. Gems. All right, guys. You believe in it? Yeah. That's the episode. Keep it basement. Rate, subscribe. I learned this from commenting on an entrepreneur's page, getting top comments, getting him a lot of traction and a lot of views. I learned it from interviewing comedians, talking to comedians behind the scenes that didn't want to say gems on camera. And I've learned from people in the radio game, on camera and off camera, and just learning through certain podcasts and shows and stuff like that, and just learning the game. I learned it from. Facts. And I'm there to back it up. All right, guys. That's the episode. Keep it basement. Shout out to Fleshlight. Check them out. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We'll be back next week. Coming up, we got guests a lot in the next few weeks. So look forward to pictures and new guests. and and A lot of of women. And promoting. A lot of women coming up. Giving me advice. A lot of bro talk. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And there's going to be clips out daily. So stay tuned to the IG and YouTube. Keep it basement. (gasps) We out. Welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world. With its soft, real feel insert, patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over 100 possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. Check out dankstop.com. We have the biggest selection of bongs, vaporizers, accessories, anything that you're looking for in the smoking industry. Use promo code BEAWESOME. That's B-E-AWESOME, A-W-E-S-O-M-E. One word, put it together, no spaces. That's for 15% off. 
check us out. Uh, stay tuned for a giveaway that we're doing with Keep It Basement. Shout out Keep It Basement. You guys were awesome. And hopefully we speak again soon. Thank you, Louie. Shout out to Dang. Yo, this is Sean Kelly, founder of Jersey Champs. <laughs> Sam. I'm not looking at you. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Yo, this is Sean Kelly, founder of Jersey Champs, and you're listening to Keep It Basement. Uh, oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically... Uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president, CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you know it. Keep it fucking moving. Um, Porn sex, it's like 45 minutes an hour, but like real sex is like 20 minutes. Well, maybe for me, I guess. Try like three or four hours. Hour and 45 minutes? What the fuck? It's four hours. Words of wisdom here. Always use a condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got like really strong pull-out game, okay? Hello, <laughs> game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I have one too. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram. I don't got tweeters. I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him. That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar? You ask too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions. Plus, do funny guys get laid more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Would you date a uh, guy with a small penis? Like, how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like, four inches? How funny are you? Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar. I hit the thing, it's YouTube. Fuck me up more. I'm sick of it. Stay down in the cellar and shut the fuck up. Now. Keep it based in podcast keep description. Basement. Find Keep It Basement with the Sweens wherever you get your podcast with host Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop <laughs> in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep It Basement podcast. We out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Stealth Mode Motorsports, sir. It's a fucking read-through. What am I supposed to be? Act interested. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality. Quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati. Super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. Specializing in Yamaha R1 and R6, GSXR 650,000, ZX6R, ZX10R, and CBR1000RR late model years. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you want to do? You want to go to the Shipbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate Subscribe. Thanks, hey, guys. Peace. Thanks. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. Get a job in California. You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the, at the, at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Might turn into a, a spot at a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. That's it. That's my view on things.